0: Welcome back, friends. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com, And as you might be able to imagine, given the type of work I do, (laughs) my inbox can be wild (laughs) at times, with everything ranging from the weird to the bizarre to the offensive (laughs) to the outraged to some normal correspondence from time to time. But yeah, as you might imagine, I get a lot of wild and wacky emails. But having said that, I got an email in recently that was jaw-dropping, jaw-dropping. And after years and years and years of going on this wild ride and getting a lot of wild correspondence from people, <laughs> to have a jaw-dropping email after all this time is almost impossible. So I will reveal the contents of that email after we take a brief dive into the Corbett Report archives for a 2018, a highly relevant 2018 report that I filed on Satire is Dead and We Have Killed It. And once you see this, you'll be able to contextualize and understand why this email I received was so amazing. So enjoy this flashback from the Corbett Report archives. Hello, friends. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com. I hope you've had a chance to see my latest satirical video about who sponsors the Corbett Report. Just a little comedic fun that I had on the website yesterday, but <laughs> I have a confession to make, and that's that every time that I have a purely comedic or satirical post like that, there's always a moment of hesitation before I hit the publish button, because I know. ironclad law of the universe know that no matter how over the top, no matter how obviously satirical whatever it is I'm posting is, there is someone out there that will take it completely seriously. And I wish I could find an exception to this rule, but I swear every single time it happens. Again, no matter how outrageous it is. So, even the Yanny Laurel video that I posted a week or two ago, uh, it, you know, go to dictionary.com, when you type in taxation, and go to the audio pronunciation, it says theft. <laughs> even if you don't know anything about the taxation is theft mean, clearly you understand that that's satirical. And of course, 99.999% of the people out there did understand that that was satirical and comedic. But as always, there were a couple of people who said, "That's strange. I went to the site and it didn't do that, James." <laughs> Look, I get it. I get it. I'm a serious person and talk about serious matters, so it's impossible that I ever say anything that's satirical. Well, no, that's not a the case, and I've had. A, I have a sense of humor that is absolutely a part of me and has been present and on display since i started the website i've done satirical and comedic videos and and podcasts and things the entire history of the corporate report website and hey hello the number one most popular thing i've ever done the thing that i'm still known by is my 9 11 conspiracy theory satirical comedy comedy video so clearly that is part of what i do and um I understand the argument that people will make. Well, on the internet, no one can see, you know, see the way that your your body language or hear the tone of your voice. And hey, on the internet, there are people claiming completely seriously all sorts of crazy things. So sometimes it truly is impossible to tell if someone is being satirical or, or not. But, hmm, but like the Annie Laurel video. I mean, you see me, you hear me, you see the smirk. Um, You hear the comedic music I put in the background. It's basically like the architect sketch in Monty Python, where uh, it starts flashing satire on the screen, which perhaps was a reference to the Ronan Point disaster of 1968, and they were trying to say, hey guys, we're not making fun of a national tragedy here. But I think was also perhaps a meta comment on the inability of the average television viewer to identify satire. So, here it is, guys, satire, satire, satire. Maybe I should start doing that with my comedic videos, just flashing the word satire on the screen. But even then, it might not work. Let me give you an example of that. Um, last year, there was this uh, story from the Duffel blog, which I'm sure many of you probably haven't heard of, but if you have, uh, it is essentially The Onion, but specializes in military-related stories. And... Um, they had an, uh, uh, an article. The headline was something like, uh, Saudi Arabia beheads first robot citizen. Uh, talking about Sophia, of course, the, you know, this, the robot that was granted citizenship by Saudi Arabia last year. And the, the, I mean, you get the story. Essentially, it's, uh, this is this unescorted woman walking around our country without a hijab and, and giving, expressing opinions of her own. Of course, what did she expect? So she was, you know, basically stoned to death, or stoned and then beheaded by this crowd of people. That's the story, right? Ha ha ha! Clearly, it's actually quite a funny headline, quite a funny idea, right? I laughed when I saw it, and then uh, at the time I was still on the Twitter mind virus, so I thought, oh, this is funny. I'll tweet this out. As I go to tweet it out, I remember thinking to myself, I know, no, no, there are people who are going to take this 100% seriously. So, when I tweeted it out, although it pained me to do so, I actually put in brackets, I believe in block capitals, I put satire, S-A-T-I-R-E, after the title of the the headline, uh, just to scream it, like the Architects got, satire, 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 so that nobody could take it seriously. I'm not putting this out as a real news story, it's just a funny little headline commenting, and it... it there, are, There is value to it. It's a, it's a kind of commentary on the things that we all know about Saudi Arabia, but we're not supposed to talk about because they're a U.S. ally and things. I mean, there is a value to the the satire there um, as well. I tweeted it out, and I still had people taking it seriously. And when I, when I tweeted something like... Uh, I, I tweeted something in response like, oh, even when you type the word satire in the headline... Uh, it's still there are still people who take it seriously or something i was lamenting that fact and someone responded (laughs) to me to say oh i I don't i've heard that word but i don't really know what satire means (laughs) which okay well at least he was admitting it so there you go people do not even know what satire is but there you go so it's it's truly impossible to put out anything that will not be taken seriously by someone now, there are a couple of things to say about this. One is that on the issue of that Duffelblog story about Sophia, the robot citizen, uh, there uh, you, you can go look it up. Newsweek and Snopes and these other places posted these hand wringing articles while Snopes did their usual debunk. No, this isn't a real story. They didn't really behead Sophia and, you know, taking satire completely seriously. And Newsweek did this, uh, hand-wringing article. This is why, you know, we need fake news detectors and things, because people take these stories seriously and blah, blah, blah. And to a certain extent, hey, maybe they have a point. If people cannot even conceptualize absolutely blatantly obvious satire, then maybe they need the hand-holding organizations, the good, the good folks at Snopes or what have you, to fact-check every headline and make sure it's real before they post it out. But, having said that, uh, obviously I do not think that people should need that, and people should have critical faculties that include an ability to identify satire. But there is an interesting point made recently, that by converting satire, especially political satire, into this concept of fake news, they are actually moving the goalpost of fake news into territory that essentially defangs one of the things that can get through to even normies when we look at contentious political subjects as i say 9-11 conspiracy theory far and away the most popular thing i've ever done and it's precisely because it disarms people's usual reaction to conspiracy talk oh 9-11 is inside job you're crazy well put it in a short punchy humorous little video and suddenly millions upon millions of people will gladly watch it and even like it even if they don't necessarily agree with it they'll still enjoy it they'll still take it in they'll still get something out of it now that's an interesting phenomenon and it's something that I've been talking about for years me and James and Pilato talked about this before uh, you can go back to my peeling the onion episode where we talked about what is the role of satire in helping people to perhaps, break through some barriers and mental barriers that they have against some of these topics. Very important issues here, but uh, I'm just... I gotta despair when people take blatantly obvious satire, with comedic music and everything, as, well, this must be serious. I guess there's just a sliver of a percentage point of the population that literally cannot understand humour. Which is sad. I truly feel sad for people for whom that is the case but um anyway there's a lot to digest here um but i will just i suppose leave it by saying although i always have that moment of hesitation before i push the publish button knowing 100 percent full well knowing that someone is going to take this seriously i hit the publish button anyway and i will continue to do so in the future because we should not let this sliver of a percentage of point of people who cannot understand humor stop us from being humorous. Uh, Express yourself how you are, and uh, that will lead to better communication overall, even if there are people out there who can't quite understand it. Anyway, big topic today. Be interested to hear your viewpoint on all of this, but I'm still going to be doing comedic videos from time to time, so that's the way it rolls here at quarterreport.com. Thank you again for all your support. Look forward to talking to you again real soon. But that was back in 2018, and there was a bright, young, fresh-faced chipper James, I'm going to keep publishing satire, guys, even if you get it wrong from time to time. (laughs) Cut, Smash cut to 2024, (laughs) and here's my jaw on the floor reading this email that I just received. So, (laughs) without doxing anyone involved... (laughs) Uh, The person here emailed me to say, "Uh, Hi, James, I checked the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office and the Canadian one. The science is not a current registered trademark. And I went through every one of Pfizer's 336 registered trademarks. They don't own the science, but they do own get science. (laughs) Were you joking when you said they have the science as a registered trademark? Or is it registered in another country? <laughs> I was excited when you said it, because that would have been a brilliant, brilliantly dastardly idea. Uh, if I'm missing something, please tell me. <laughs> well, yes, anonymous internet interlocutor, yes, um, <laughs> you are missing something. It, yes, that was satire. Uh, so for people who don't know, we're referring here to the Fake News Awards, the 7th Annual Fake News Awards, which I recently aired, if you haven't seen it yet. I suggest you do. I think there's some good laughs in there, as well as some things that'll make you think and some new information that you probably didn't know before. But (laughs) you kind of have to have the spirit of the 7th Annual Fake News Awards in mind when you watch them to realize not everything I say in that report is word for word true, <laughs> one of them being the science as a registered trademark. Uh, no, <laughs> thank you for going through every single one of Pfizer's 336 registered trademarks in Canada. Uh, but no, you won't find the science in there, or I didn't think you would, because I made that up. Yes, that, that of course, was a joke for as part of the awards, something that's kind of true- in a sense, but not literally true, and no one will think I am literally saying it is a register. Oh, <laughs> some people do think that. Well, okay, fair enough. In my defense, I will say that I did say it was the a register trademark of the Astropfizer Dernica Corporation, which isn't a real thing and doesn't exist. So why were you looking for the Pfizer register trademarks rather than the Astropfizer Dernica Corporation? But anyway, it just goes to show. It just goes to underline the point. No matter how over-the-top satirical you are. Someone will always take it seriously. And you know what? I kind of understand it. I, I'm not even throwing, this is not to throw any shade at the person who did this. In their further defense, they emailed me later on to say that they were uh, some sort of forestry worker or something, and they were listening while wearing a, you know, while while working or something like that. Um, so they weren't watching and paying attention, but they heard that and thought, Oh, that's interesting. So, you know, fair enough. That could certainly happen. And, you know, James, he's a very straight-laced person. He always just says, fact, 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 right? He never makes jokes. Oh, wait, I make jokes all the time. But hopefully they're blatantly obvious jokes, but not always. And here's another thing in the favor of that person and their misunderstanding of that. Um, Here's another part of the fake news awards. You'll remember uh, the runners up for the um, fake news, uh, the People's Choice fake news story of the year, um, which included. The CBC for COVID-19 misinformation cost at least 2,800 lives and $300 million, new report says. And I go on to say a laughable report about a government-funded study that relies on guesswork and garbage in, garbage out to come up with a made-up, scary-sounding number for how many Canadians died for daring to question their political overlords during this pandemic, etc., etc. But that's not how that line-slash-joke originally read. The way I originally wrote that was a laughable report about a government-funded study that relies on astrology, comma, guesswork, and garbage in, garbage out, to come up with a made-up, scary-sounding number, da 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 And it was in the course of a- editing the visuals for this that Brock, video editor extraordinaire Brock West, was going through the report and he wanted to show and highlight the relevant sections of the report. Excellent, good, okay. And so... Apparently he spent some time going through the report looking for the astrology section. <laughs> and when he told me this, I can't find astrology anywhere in this report, James. I again, I must admit, I was a little bit mind-blown. Uh, I, I, I didn't possibly think anyone would take that literally seriously. But yes, we are at we are through the looking glass here where you know, I guess who knows, why not. Well, you said astrology, it must be in this report. Hmm, that's a, I mean, it's a really, it's honestly, it's something that makes me step back for a second and really ponder what, the nature of the universe let alone the nature of satire, let alone the nature of the work that I do at The Corbett Report. Um, I, I, I'm genuinely racking my brain trying to think, what joke could I have told there that would have been more obviously satirical? So not astrology, Maybe maybe voodoo witchcraft sorcery? Maybe I could have talked about casting chicken bones or something, like something that's just obviously, obviously satire. But maybe there is no obviously satire. Anyway, all of this is, of course making me existentially question uh, everything that it is that I do in the way that I do it and whether or not I should be doing it. Should the fake news awards exist? I mean, do we need to throw in all of these satirical jokes on top of reality? Maybe that's just confusing. Maybe the fake news awards, if I continue with them, should just be a dry, straightforward reading of news outlet X reported Y, but they were wrong. News outlet A reported B, but they were wrong. Maybe that's what the fake news award should be. Maybe I should just get rid of jokes and satire and all of this, all together, so there's no more confusion. Everything I say will be a straight A is B, A is not C kind of totally dry reporting of factual reality. No humor anymore. What do you think, guys? Do you think we should just get rid of satire? That's it. People cannot understand satire, so... Let's get rid of it. I'm going to leave it up to you guys. So, Corbett Report members, log into CorbettReport.com. Leave your votes in the comments section of this flashback video. Do you think I should give up satire altogether? Yay, yay or nay? The ball's in your court, guys. You, you decide. And uh, <laughs> on that note, on that wild and wacky note, I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the near future.